0: Welcome to London Riverside Church podcast. We hope you have a great day. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hey, so good to be here together. And we're making our way through a series on the Book of James at the moment, and we've got as far as Chapter Three today. Now, I have had a uh, yeah, I've had a great weekend. I don't know about you. So far, it's good to be in the house of God, worshiping together, isn't it? So good uh, just to be part of God's family, and uh, so good that we're using the overflow as well. So wh- brilliant, you guys in the overflow, so ble- please that you're with us uh, today. The overflow is not something to do with water, it's another room where they can see what's happening. Okay. Uh, now, this weekend I was with my granddaughter, I uh, <laughs> hasten to add, okay? Now, uh, this is a wonderful thing, it's my first granddaughter. You obviously don't want to see a photo, do you? You don't want to see? You've got a little photo maybe here. This is... I know. I know. I know. It doesn't get much cuter than that until the next one arrives. But, uh, <laughs> so, but uh, Amelia Mabula is a beautiful little girl. And I've just spent uh, most of yesterday just basically holding this little girl in my arms. She's a week old there. She's three weeks old now. And uh, is it amazing when you've got a little baby in your arms that you're saying so many encouraging things? Oh, you got beautiful big eyes. We change our voice. We start talking goo goo language, and, we're, and and the and the ba- and the baby stretches. You say, oh, what a big stretch! Well done, you know. At what stage do people stop congratulating us for stretching? But it's like, yes, alright, Ada. Right, right. You got, you got, you kind of like you're you're finding something because you want to encourage this little little life, don't you? You want to say okay, things, and like, oh, you filled your nappy! Well done. So, yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, at some point, we stop congratulating people on going to the toilet. But when they're little, there's not that much going on, and you're just so happy for them, and you want to encourage them. Well done. Hey, it's, it's, why we're, it's how we're wired. We, we speak life, don't we? We, we speak encouragement automatically into a, a young life. And the thing is, as we grow older, the words that are spoken to us make such a difference. As we grow older, the, the words that we receive of encouragement, we remember. Most of us in this room, we will remember when there was a teacher who encouraged us. Most of us in this room, we will remember when a parent or a a relative or maybe an authority figure in our lives, they said something that was encouraging, spoke life. In fact, years later, decades later, we're still making decisions in the light of those couple of words. But you know, the scary thing, of course, is that we know as uh, Amelia gets older and as people grow up, and we know that there are also negative things that are spoken. And we have to know how to do that because sometimes negative things are spoken to us that we are also still carrying years, decades later. Decisions are being made because of something that someone said. Words are incredibly powerful. And so, as we look in the scripture today, in James chapter 1, we covered this a few weeks ago. But in James chapter 1 and verse 26, it says, If anyone considers himself religious and does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Wow, there's something about the tongue and the words that we say that we've got to keep a rein on it. We've got to keep it in check. You see, we know so often ourselves that words will fly out, and then we can't get them back. Is that right? I'll be honest for you. You're not quite sure if you can admit to that. But we've all done it. Things, we say something, and it's out there, and we can't get it back, can we? It's said. It's done. And, and then we say things like, oh, I didn't mean it like that. Yeah, but you said it like that. Ah, yeah, oh, yeah I, did. I, don't know. I don't know where that came from. It came from your mouth. <laughs> so what are we going to do? There's a challenge here. We've got to keep a rein on our tongue, on the things that are happening from our mouth. Even what we don't use our tongue, and we use our fingers and we write, or we text, or we message, we post something, it's out there, it's said, and it fills the news with people's opinions. Proverbs 18, verse 20, puts it like this. It says, from the fruit of his mouth, a man's stomach is filled. From the harvest, with the harvest, from his lips, he is satisfied. Now, what does this mean? See, the wisdom literature in the scripture, in the book of Proverbs, for example, when it speaks of the stomach being filled, the stomach is the place of conscience. It's where that person's conscience is. So in other words, the fruit of his mouth, a man's stomach is filled, in other words, he can live with his own words. He can live with the words that he's spoken. The words that you've spoken, you can live with them. It's good with your conscience. There's no contradiction. There's no tension within because you're comfortable with the words that you have spoken. Verse 21 emphasizes this. The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat Its fruit. The tongue has the power of life and death. And so, this encouragement in the book of James to tame our tongue is so important because it's literally a matter of life and death. That the words that we speak can bring life. And at the same time, from our mouths come words that bring death, destruction, and chaos. Taming the tongue. So, first of all, James gives us the opportunity to get a little bit of a, a reality check, okay? To tame our tongue, we need to check. The reality of the situation. It says here in verse two, "We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check." And the point is simply this: that we all stumble. We all stumble. So let's just get on. The, this is not a, This is not like the, the the holy ones preaching the scripture here, and a few other people that have got their act together, and the rest of us are trying the best we can. No, 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 no. We all stumble. The scripture says. We all stumble in the area of our speech, in the words that come from our mouths. I wonder if every word you spoke last week had been recorded, what would you edit? (laughs) Hey? If every word you said last week, if I stay here a little while, it's going to get uncomfortable, isn't it? Every word, if that was recorded, then what would you go back and edit? You know? We all stumble. We know we stumble. Whatever reason we might give, whatever excuse we might give to it, we know that we stumble with our words. And then James goes on in verse 3. He says, When we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we turn the whole animal. Or take ships as example. Although they are so large and driven by strong wings, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great The point here is simply that it is small but significant. We have to recognize that this part of our body is so small, but it is so, so significant. That you can actually put a small bit in the mouth of a horse and steer the whole direction it it goes in. That you can take a huge ship and yet a small rudder compared to the size of the ship can steer it where it needs to go. So our tongues can steer the course of our lives. Wow. Very small incredibly significant. The things that we say can steer the whole course of our lives. And so we need to take, friends, responsibility. The words that come out of our mouths are the words that we said. I know it sounds like I'm, I'm spelling it out for us here, but so often we say, oh, I don't know what came over me. I don't know what I meant. No, no. You said those words. We have to feel responsible because this very small thing makes a very significant difference. Oh, it was just a, it was just a joke. Oh, I was just saying. There's no such thing as just saying. If you said it, it's life or death. If you said it, it has power to change. So, such a small but significant thing. And then uh, we move on here. In in verse 5, it says, Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. Okay, James is just, if it wasn't loud enough, he's just turned it up louder. Okay, a spark is all it takes. A spark is all it takes. We know that once we've said something, it's now out there and we can't control it anymore. Once it's been spoken, it's unpredictable. It's, it, it, it's, it's like a wildfire. You know where I used to live in Austria, you look across at the mountains, you see all these beautiful uh, mountainside with trees, and then you'll see, I don't know if you've seen this when you traveled, but there's, there's channels between the trees. There's places where it's like there's no trees. What happened? How how is that such a good straight line? How does nature do that? Nature doesn't do it. Humans have got wise to the fact that if there's a fire, just one spark will set the next tree and the next tree. And so they have to create a fire barrier to stop the sparks getting across. Just one spark wreaks havoc, wreaks a huge, huge fire. So you might say, well, if I speak and I can't get the words back, maybe I should say nothing at all. Maybe that's the preach, Pastor. Maybe that's what we do. We just don't talk. Well, listen, that's not a bad idea sometimes. It's not a bad In fact, it's actually a good discipline to be silent. But permanently? Really? Is that why God's given us a tongue that we don't use it? You see, that, that a, that's a cop-out long-term. It's a, it's a good discipline to say nothing, but, but actually that's a cop-out. It says here in verse 7, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. Oh, my word. It's like you're reading here you're thinking, well, come on, James, is there any hope in this little letter you're writing to us here? Who can tame the tongue? You see, you have to be close to attack with a hand, but with a tongue you can attack at distance, can't you? You see? It's so easy to say words. And like I said before, there are things that have been said to you decades ago that are still shaping your life today. The power of death and life. So I'd like to encourage us that we're all on a journey of learning to speak life. As we tame the tongue, we've got to be real about the fact that it's our tongue and no one else's. We've got to be real about the fact that we own those words that we speak. But let's learn how we can speak life Speak life into our families, speak life into our friendships, speak life into those that we haven't yet met, people that we do life with, that driver that just cut in on you, speak life. Should we go there? <laughs> speak life. Now, James in the next verses, he comes to the core of the matter. Okay, in James verse 9, 3 verse 9. With the tongue. We praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who haven't been made in God's likeness. That does include the driver, actually, doesn't it? It does include the driver. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Verse 11. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. What is is he emphasizing here? What he's emphasizing, the fact, is that we need to check the source. There is a source to our words. It's, it's no, it doesn't count anymore to just say, well, oh, I don't know where that came from. It came from you. Where, 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 where do those words come from? Where do they come from? Now, in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus gives us a very clear understanding here. He says in verse 33, Make a tree good, and its fruits will be good. Make a tree bad, And its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. He's talking to the teachers here. He says, you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. The evil man brings evil out of the evil stored up in him. What is the source of your words? The source of your words is your Heart. Jesus says here, it's out of the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. You know when you said that thing and you wish you hadn't said it? Something's going on in your heart. I said, Oh, they made me. You have know, been at school? He made me say it. No, no, no. That doesn't count anymore. She made me say it. No, no. That doesn't count anymore. Something is going on in your heart, friends, and that is the overflow the mouth speaks. You see, we can even say nice words, but our heart is bitter the person doesn't get the nice, right? You ever been welcomed, but you're not welcome? <laughs> Hi, so good to see you. And something says, it's not good to see me. <laughs> right? Because it's not simply the words, but the heart comes through, doesn't it? The heart comes through. You go into a, a, a place to eat and, and, and someone's rushed off their feet and they, they can't really be doing with sorting out your order. That they're saying the right words because that's what the script told them to say. But from the heart, it's not there, right? It's, it, it, there's a whole difference out of the overflow of the heart. The mouth speaks. So what are we filling our hearts with? Is it rubbish in, so there's rubbish out? Do we, do, can, we, can we actually control and think about what... See, everything that goes into our head, so much comes into our head through the day. We can't control everything that enters our thoughts, but we make a difference from the head to the heart what we allow to fill our hearts. Because as we begin to fill our heart, there will be an overflow. And when there's an overflow, the mouth speaks, says Jesus. So what is your heart overflowing with? That's the challenge. You say, oh, I need some more willpower not to say the wrong thing. No, no, no. We need to bring our heart to God. And say, what's going on in me? So oh, I wish I didn't say that. No, no. Consider what's going on in your heart. Because out of the overflow, the mouth will speak. So let me just give a couple more uh, pointers here because I believe as we're learning to speak life, this is a journey we're all on, friends. If we're following Jesus, the grace of God is upon us. We live in God's favor. We're not trying to earn His favor. We live in His favor. We have His favor because Jesus went to the cross. We just celebrated that today. Jesus went to the cross. I stand before God, not because of what I've done, but because of what He has done. And so we're learning to walk in His way, learning to speak life. And here's here's the next thing. Start by listening. We read this a couple of weeks back, everyone, James 1 verse 19, everyone who should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. We've said it many times, you have two ears and one mouth, uh, oh yeah, okay, I should listen more, but actually we believe that talking is more important, don't we? That's not just the preacher, I think we all do. We, we, we all feel somehow if you've got something to say, that's more important than being able to listen. You see, Proverbs 17 puts it like this, that if a fool is, even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent. And discerning if he holds his tongue. There's a moment when we need to stop and listen. Stop and listen to what's being said before we contribute. You see, if you find yourself in a conversation and you are busy, you're listening, but you're not listening. Because the person's talking and you're busy working out what you're going to say next. That's true. So I said it for you. Okay? You're busy working out what you're, going to say, what you're going to say that's funny, what you're going to say that's even better than that, what you're going to say that can correct, what you're going to say that gets your point across, what you're going to say that steers things the way you want them to go. If that's what's going on, and it often does, you're not listening. Let's listen. If we're going to speak life, we've got to start by listening in. And then, of course, we mix the truth with love. Let me just say that dumping the truth on people can often hurt more than lying. And just telling them like it is, is not always the best thing to do. The Bible encourages us to mix truth with love. Ephesians 4.15 Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head. That is Christ. So if you can't speak it from a place of love, rather not say it at all. Because that person's not going to hear the truth. They're going to hear your heart. Let's mix the truth with love. See, loving is, is, is unselfishly choosing for someone else's highest good. When we want to share truth, let's do it before their good is why we're sharing the truth. How often Christians, we've kind of mixed this up. We said, we just told them the truth. We just let them have it. Really? Is that helping anybody? When's the last time you saw Jesus let them have I'll tell you when Jesus let them have it with the religious people. They were hypocrites. That's when he let them have it. The people that were messed up and getting life wrong, he loved on them. He had meals with them. He healed them. didn't let them have it. Mixing the truth with love. Proverbs 10, verse 32, the lips of the righteous know what is fitting. The lips of the righteous know what is fitting. Oh, Lord, help us to know what words are fitting in every situation in every circumstance, in every conversation, to have words that are fitting for the moment. We need so much of God's grace, don't we? I've preached this many times, that Jesus came full of grace and truth. And I so believe it, friends, that God shares truth with us mixed with grace, mixed with love. What's grace? The unmerited favor of God. When you know you're in God's favor, you lean into the truth. Truth is not something that comes to conquer you. It's a friend to encourage you. And I want to encourage us. Let's have grace in our speech. Let's mix the truth with love as the Bible encourages us. Start by listening. Mix the truth with love. And then let's find ways that we can talk up and not down. You see, gravity affects our words as well, doesn't it? It always comes down. You see, anybody, some people are particularly gifted at this, but anybody can find fault in someone else. There's always something that's said or done or not said and done that you will find fault with. But much better to be a builder, not a demolition expert, yeah? Come on, being a demolition expert, that's anybody's game. But how about being a builder? How about talking up rather than bringing down? When we talk about people as well as talking to people. See, gossiping is not talking about somebody gossip is what you're talking about somebody Ephesians 4:29 Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it might benefit that it might benefit those who listen that's the motive that's the motive I love the word encourage I love the word encourage you know you can discourage That removes your courage, right? Or you can encourage, it adds courage, yeah? I love that thought, that we could encourage, that we can add courage to people's lives this week, that we can talk up and not down. Because like I've said before, we've all known when someone has encouraged us, they've added courage to our lives, they said, you can do this, and not just say, hey, hey, you can do it, but actually they meant it. They meant it. It wasn't just like, hey, make you feel happy, put a smile on your face. They believe in that what God has said he will do. They believe in what God's invested in your life he wants to bring to fruition. Anybody with me here? Isn't that an awesome thing? Can we not be those that recognize that and encourage rather than discourage? Let's talk up and not down. Proverbs 15:4. the tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. It's so easy sometimes to find ourselves in what the Bible actually calls slander. Yeah, in, J- in James chapter 4, verse 11, he says, Brothers, don't slander one another. So say, oh, I don't slander, but I have a, a, a comment or two. Yeah, the Bible calls that slander, right? It says when we slander, James actually explains this in chapter 4. He says you're actually taking God's place because he's the judge. So when we begin to slander and speak, uh, uh, judge one another, we're no longer, well, what effectively what we're doing, we're infringing on God's job. He's the judge. But we like judging, don't we? We like to, we like to sort it out and sort them out. And the scripture says, no, no, slander, that's called slander. That's not necessary. When you do that, you look at it in James chapter 4, when you do that, you begin to do God's job and that's a dangerous place to be, friends. So let's talk up. Uh, And not down. Let's find ways to build others up and believe by the grace of God that our words can bring life and not death. Finally, I'd like to encourage us to speak with integrity. Speak with integrity. What does that basically mean? It means that our life and our words match up. Our life and our words match up. What happens in John, uh, um, sorry, pick a a book, right? Mark, Mark chapter 7. When Jesus has spoken the Sermon on the Mount, as it's known. And he speaks these amazingly wise words. And it says afterwards in 7 verse 28, When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. What is happening here is not only has Jesus got this amazing knowledge, but what they recognize is he speaks with authority. The authority wasn't about the knowledge. The authority was that his life and his words match up. That when he speaks these things, their life. And not death. Someone else would share the law, and it would bring death. And Jesus was sharing a way of following Jesus, following God, and it was bringing life, integrity. Your life and your words match up. Like I said before, who does Jesus get angry with? He got angry with the Pharisees. He got relig- angry with the religious uh, the scribes and the, and and the, and the uh, law teachers because of their hypocrisy. There was no integrity to what was being taught. There was no integrity to their words. That's the few times that Jesus really saved his anger. You see, God is looking, for, looking at us, not looking for some kind of performance. Oh, I've got to be a good Christian. got to say the right thing. He's looking for us to participate in his way. It's about participation, not performance. Please don't hear from the words I share today that this is somehow, yeah, I've just got to brush it up and make it look better. got to tidy up my speech. No, 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 no participate in the life of God. Participate in this new life that He's given you. Not just put a performance on of saying the right thing and not saying the wrong thing, but participate in the life that He has given you. It's not about looking good, but being good. Mistakes and all. All our mistakes. Jesus is not freaked out when you get it wrong. We all stumble. God is not in heaven thinking, what am I going to do with God? He's, he's gone and said that again. It's like, I'm, I give up. You know, that's not the conversation going on we've got but he looks for our participation not some kind of performance to make it look better you see people will notice how you believe before they'll know what you believe in fact they're noticing how you're believing in the place of work then they are interested in what you believe it goes before you you know you could say that sometimes what you are speaking is la- sorry what you who you are is speaking louder than what you're saying. In our families, in our place of work, who you are, is speaking louder than your words. That's why the Lord is teaching us. We're learning to speak life, learning to speak with integrity, that what matches up what we're saying with how we choose to live. Jesus spoke as one with authority. His words and his actions matched up so i want to encourage us all let's speak life let's speak life in our families let's speak life in our circle of influence in the people that you're doing life with this coming week you may have chosen who you're doing life with at the moment you may have not chosen who you're going to spend monday tuesday with at work whichever way it works let's choose to speak life let's ask the lord to help us tame our tongue let's check that overflow Of our hearts that we can speak life in every and any situation I believe that he's placed us in places of influence but there's a challenge as a Christ follower that we're going to live a different way we're going to jump in and pile on with the latest argument the latest discussion the latest opinion or we going to walk the way Jesus was to have us walk that's the challenge of the book of James it's a challenge in our book that's why I'm not preaching every chapter I'm sharing it around it's all challenging right it's all very challenging in that book Because he said, okay, Jesus is good. Jesus has been good to you. And he's changed you. And he's changing you. Now, this is how we live. Let's tame the tongue. Let's get that reality check that we all stumble. Let's let's own our words. Let's not blame, oh, somebody else made me say, I don't know why I said that. I don't know what came over me. You came over you. That's what happens. So let's own what we're saying and say, Lord, help me. Help me to speak life and not death this week. Help me to check that source of my heart. Help me to start listening. Mix the truth with love. Talk up and not down. And let's speak with integrity. I want to, I want to close with a prayer. And, and I want to take a prayer from the scripture. A prayer from the scripture in Psalm 19. The psalmist says these words. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable or pleasing. In your sight O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer." You see, there's a spiritual principle here. Even Jesus picked it when he walked this earth and he told us, it's the overflow of the heart. right back in the Old Testament there, you see, Lord God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing. Be acceptable. I want to encourage you to stand with me as I'm going to lead us in a prayer.. Because I really, truly believe that the Holy Spirit is with us and working in and through us. So right where you are, maybe it helps you. I'm going to place my hand on my heart. That's going to help me to, to 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 focus on what this word is saying. Father God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing. You. may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight father we thank you for the wonderful work of grace that you have begun in our lives thank you as we celebrate the cross and the empty grave. It's your new life that you've given us. Lord God it's nothing we've done it's everything that Jesus has done so we thank you for that work of grace in our lives we invite you now Holy Spirit lead and guide us we pray. Lord we take responsibility for the words that we speak we own that which comes out of our mouths and we ask now that you will teach us Teach us to speak life and not death. Father, I pray as we head into this week that lives would be encouraged because of the words from our mouths. Lord God, I pray that we would go and bring influence for good and not evil. Lord, let the little sparks that come from us be sparks that create something powerful and good and righteous and not something that's destructive and chaotic. Lord, I pray for each one today for those who even as we're praying now they're considering people that they need to talk to, they just don't know what to say, how to say it. Lord I pray that your grace would be all over that situation. Lord would you come in your love would you bring reconciliation where it's needed I pray bring healing where it's needed Lord would you overwhelm us with your love and grace we ask the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable, be pleasing in your sight, we ask. I just want to pray for if you're in the room or in the overflow and you still struggle with words that have been said to you. When you're about to do something to make a decision, choose to go a direction and that word keeps coming back, of how you're not going to be able to do that. You know, Scripture says that we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And He speaks a better word over your life. So I want to encourage you. You don't have to put your hand up or anything like that right now, but you know in your heart there's words that are said that are still trying to dominate the direction of your life. We're going to pray, and Jesus is going to break that and bring a fresh Freedom to be who God has called you to be and do. Father, we thank you that you speak good things over our lives. And Father, we don't come with malice or aggression for words that have been said. But Lord, we identify that which is in the way we we say we'll be free from those words now. In Jesus' name, we would choose rather to hear Your word. We take Your encouragement. We thank you that Christ is in us. That there's nothing that separates us from his love. And Lord God, I thank you for what you've invested in each life represented here. I thank you for what you will want to accomplish. And we speak now your freedom for anything that has been spoken uh, in the other direction to the direction you would have them go today. We thank you for the freedom we have. In Jesus' name we pray. God's people said. that's all from us here on our lrc podcast if there's anything else you would like some more clarification on or you would like to take the next steps in your journey then why not head over to our next steps page at londonriversidechurch.com forward slash next steps that's all from us here today and we hope you have an amazing week